Welcome to Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. As we, the body of Christ, grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth, making ourselves ready for the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the salvation of his saints. The church of the living God are all called to be saints. The saints there are the ones that are sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. They're the ones that have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh and doing the will of God. The Lord will make up an army at that time. In Daniel 4, we will see there is an army there, the Lord's army. But then in Revelation 19, we see armies, plural, <clears throat> because when the Lord comes to the earth, there he comes for the salvation of his saints with 10,000 of his saints with him. Now we meet the Lord in the air and he comes right on down for that day of the Lord that shall burn as an oven. And there are many things that in the proceeding word of God that will either affirm where the Lord will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, <clears throat> making ourselves meet for the master's use, vessels uh, unto honor, or depart from me, you the work of iniquity, I never knew you. Now, workers of iniquity are lawlessness. We haven't obeyed the leading of the Holy Ghost, even though we might have the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We can't be a hearer of the word. We must be a doer of the word. So it behooves us not to be dogmatic to the point where we say, I've got it, and that's it. I can't be changed because uh, I know I'm right. A proud look goes before a fall, haughtiness before destruction. We must all have an open face. That is, be willing there to change as the Holy Ghost leads us, as a tender plant, planted by the waters. We shall not be moved, but we're always ever increasing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For one to say this is it, and become dogmatic about it, saying, I will not change. No, the Lord shows me in the scriptures where there is more that we must receive and they say, no, I will not hear. Jesus talked about those. And he said, take heed how you hear. The same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. There, him that has shall have the more. But then he warned. <clears throat> to him that hath not, you don't hear the word of God. You think you already have it. It's not good for a man to think more highly of himself than what he ought. That applies to both male and female in the body of Christ. And he said, Take heed how you hear, that him that hath not will not hear the word, in ever-increasing knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, growing up in the knowledge of him, shall be taken away even that which he has. That means he lost all. <clears throat> Notice that it is exactly what Jesus stated in the revelation of Jesus Christ to the churches there in Revelation, the second and the third chapter. He starts with Ephesus. And he says, I know thy works. <clears throat> they had many things that were good, had not 
did not deny the name of Jesus. They knew the false apostles. But he said, I have somewhat against you. You've left your first love. He went into a mechanical worship. You're assuming that there's nothing else. They're not going on to perfection. <clears throat> and he said, repent. Have a change of heart. Seek that. Put your mind on the things above, not on the things beneath. And states, repent and do your first works over the works that accompany salvation. Because you've missed the mark. To love God is to keep his commandments and do the will of God. But secondly, the faith that was once delivered to the saints in the last days is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. It is uh, the spirit of prophecy, small s in Revelation 19.10, that leads us and guides us into all truth that he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit, one with the Lord. We're not that spirit, God Almighty, <clears throat> but we're one with that spirit. That means we crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust in order to be partakers of his divine nature. Therefore, one promise. We can miss that mark under perfection. We have to press toward the mark. Now, the mark is not the beginning of the race. It's not the A, B, C, or D. It's the Z. And he uses the alphabet there, saying that you must come to the Hebrew Tav. The Hebrew Tav is the last letter of the Hebrew ABCDary. <clears throat> we have to overcome to the end. And those that do will be saved. There, we can't start the race and then be dogmatic and say, we've got it all. It's a very dangerous position. We must be always going up into Jesus in all things, in all truth. But then we make a God out of one scripture and say, this is what our denominational belief and our doctrine that we base our whole denomination on. And we state that <clears throat> fundamentalist John three sixteen. Pentecostals, Acts 2.4, receiving the Holy Ghost. Oneness, Acts 2.38. But then the Jesus-only doctrine, Matthew 17. 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. That Jesus, the man is that blessed and only potentate. But that's knowing the person of Jesus, that he is that spirit. Not knowing him after the flesh, but after the spirit. But that's not the total work. We can't know Jesus, cannot know Jesus just after the spirit. We must know him in the work of the ministry. That's what we are all called for. Now, what is the work of the ministry? Well, it is the living epistle, the seed that shall be counted for the generation, the seed of Christ, which we see as the last generation and that is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. That is the 42nd generation. Those are the ones that have grown up into Jesus in all things and all truth. Faith is the substance of things so far. The evidence of things not seen. 
The things which are seen are temporal, temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. And we set our affections on the things above, not on the things beneath. Therefore, we're not conformed to this world. We don't conform to a Christian faith or dogma that is taught by the tradition of the elders. It's made the word of God to none effect. We search you out of the Bible, the word, and realize that not one of these things shall fail. Search the scriptures, for in them we think we have eternal life. And these are they that Jesus said, testify of me. And when we take one scripture and build everything of truth on one scripture, then we miss the mark. Because it is through the knowledge of the word of God in the scriptures that are able to save us. And the scriptures lead us and guide us into all truth through the Holy Ghost. The letter kills. The spirit gives the life. Therefore, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So there are so many areas there that can be a snare to the believer. The only thing that guarantees us that is a bond or guarantee that we're going to make perfection, perfectness, is charity. Now, charity is not love. That is another misnomer. They say, well, charity is love, and it should be translated love. And a lot of uh, the New Living Translations will have 1 Corinthians 13. Instead of charity, they'll say love. But it is not just love. Love not in word and in tongue. We can have the affection for God, but not do his will. And that is that we have to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust called sanctification to do the will of God. That requires us to seek him with our whole heart diligently. And then we have to do the will of God. Can't think about it. Can't think well or predisposition that, uh, well, we already made it. We've already encountered the faith, and that's all there is. It's all truth, and we do not grow any farther. And Peter warns of this in his epistle. In 2 Peter 1, he said, Now add to your faith virtue, a virtuous woman, truthful to God in the leading of the Holy Ghost. Then he's going to lead you in what? Add to your virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. We all know that. And we're saved through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're continually growing up into him. That is a dangerous situation. When we stop at an area and say, well, now I am sure that I'm rapture ready. That if the Lord comes right now, I've got it made. And do not take heed to these earnest things, uh, given the more earnest heed to obedience unto the truth and sanctification there in the spirit. That requires us to grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth. No one has received all truth yet, except through the Holy Ghost. The fullness has already been given to us.
but that's in the spirit of God. We have a Holy Ghost. Therefore, we know all things, not in the intellectual sense, but in the spiritual sense, in the spirit. So, they say, as long as we're in the flesh, we will never be perfected, which is true, but we're not in the flesh. The Paul states that in the scriptures and the epistles, stating that we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of Christ dwelleth in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Therefore, we're always adding to our faith virtue, virtue knowledge. We never stop. We keep running that race. In the present light of the word of God, the words are lamp unto my feet. When we see that the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. It's the fool that says, I have reached the truth and this is it and I'll debate anybody that says differently. Debate the word. Paul said, we don't debate the word. We preach the word. We teach the word. And those that have an ear to hear, let them hear. The ones that don't, they have every right to believe their way. And uh, there, Paul said, I didn't give them space, not one hour. Those that were there, supposed to add something. Paul said, they were somewhat in conference, but they didn't add anything to me. Why? Because they were in their own self-will and their own ideology, thinking that they have it already figured out. And there are many different facets in the Word of God that line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. It's here a little and there a little. For a person to say, I have it all, I have arrived, is the most dangerous position there is because we're all striving to enter the straight gate. We're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Someone will ask, well then what is the final restitution or restoration of all things when you have overcome? And that's at the end. When, when is that? It's when the Lord speaks to you and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That's when we know that we have apprehended that which we've been apprehended of Christ, that we have pressed toward that mark. Paul, who wrote 14 books of the New Testament out of 27 books, <clears throat> said, I have not attained yet, neither am I already perfect. He didn't go around stating, said, debate me, I've got the truth, and everybody just believe what I say. No, he pre prevailed in the scriptures and in the word of God, teaching and preaching daily to those that had an ear to hear. He did not say, I've got it all. Matter of fact, he said, there's things that I've seen in the word that I can't speak particularly about now because I'm in the Pentecostal season. I saw things that, uh, that were hard to be uttered. I saw a man, Paul stated, were they in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell, such as one caught up to the third heaven. There was a man. Now he saw that Revelation 19.10 man. He saw that man in the full image of Jesus Christ, 
the body, the church of the living God, unto perfection. John saw it. God let him see what we, the church, the body of Christ, are headed for in glory before the second advent, before the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the salvation of his saints. Revelation 19.10. John comes upon a person that he knows is the Lord and he he begins to worship him. And the man says, see thou doest it not. Now, most of your commentaries are going to say this is an angel. They're going to tell you that the four beasts before the throne of God are angels, that they are the cherubim, and they're angelic creatures, and some will say that they're imaginary. Others will say they're real, but throw them into the angelic host. But when we find that they are the redeemed, we see that in Revelation 5. Not only the four and twenty elders before the throne, but the four beasts also singing the song of the Lamb, the song of the redeemed. They're not angels because God did not, he did not redeem the the angels that fell from that did not keep their first estate. He did not take on him the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham. So there are many different scriptures of promises that we must take heed to and not get on a soapbox saying we've got it. We're all pressing toward that mark for the prize. Paul stated that. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. He said at the church at Philippi in Lydia's house, the seller of purple, and said that I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. What is that? That spirit is the Lord is that spirit. And he said, forgetting those things which are behind reaching forth to those things which are before. That's a higher truth in faith. Your faith growing exceedingly. Well, he didn't say he had it. Even though he wrote 14 books of the New Testament, but rather told us in Hebrews 9 that there was a worldly sanctuary with a divine service and talked about a time there in Hebrews 9, 5, the cherubim shadowing the mercy seat of which now Paul stated, I cannot now speak particularly about it. He was not in the season for all truth to be given. There he was in the former reign. It was a moderate reign. It was the former reign of the Holy Ghost. But now we're coming into the latter reign, the last great reign of his strength. And it will be a radical change from the former reign. The former reign was a great reign, and we see it in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, has no amen on that book, and it ends or there or pauses with the east wind, the Eurycladon. And then he said, Well hath he said, said Isaiah, you have ears to hear and you hear not. And hearts to believe and you don't believe. And that's where he paused the book and put no amen on it. Because there is a latter rain that will finish the work of God, the work of the ministry. And for anyone to get on a soapbox and stand 
and say, this is it. And I'll just, uh, uh, just literally re rebuke anyone that comes anything different than what I've got. I'll debate anybody. Is lifted up in pride. And such turn away. Look for that broken and humbled contrite spirit. Those that, that do not speak of themselves. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. Truth's not in him. But he that speaketh of him that sent him, there's no unrighteousness in him. Why? Because righteousness is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Grace reigns through righteousness. Now, if you haven't heard the podcast on grace, the true grace and how you can grow in grace that reigns through righteousness, please tune into that podcast because that's where the body of Christ in these last days, they were all going. So we have added to our faith virtue. We don't get on there and say, we've got it all because then we add to virtue knowledge. And we're growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Greater leading into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. Now in Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly. Paul said that. We had knowledge in part. Where there be tongues, they'd cease. Knowledge would be done away with. We understood in part. But then when that which is perfect is come, then all these things in part will be done away with. What is that? That's the last day perfecting of the body of Christ. And it is the final epoch in going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. It's all truth that has been obtained by the body of Christ. And that is simply through obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So they've added to their faith virtue. They didn't stop there. They added to their virtue knowledge. They didn't stop there. Then they added to their knowledge temperance. Temperance is self-control. Ruling your spirit well, temperance in all things and all truth. He that striveth for the mastery must be temperate in all things. To be temperate in all things requires self-control in obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost. But then we don't stop there. We add to our temperance, patience. Now, what works patience? Tribulation works patience. Patience works experience. In experience, there worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God shed and abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But now we have come to patience. That after we have done the will of God, and to do that, we have sought the Lord diligently with a pure heart, with everything and with all of our might. And he said that you, as the brethren, have presented your bodies living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. There, which was our reasonable service, then he said, but conform to this world, not conform to a prosperity gospel, seeking the things there of this life, for a man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. 
What is highly esteemed among men is an abomination with God. And the, the wisdom of this world is foolishness unto him. There, those that will be, and like unto a wise man, will dig deep. Go through the sand of doctrines of men. Go through all of that sand. Don't build your house on it. Dig deep through that sand and found that rock. That rock, which is Christ, of whom is no bearableness of turning. That mystery of God the Father of Christ that he is. All that God is in all the office and functions of the Spirit, Christ is. And when you reach that revelation, establish in that, then build your house on that. And when the, the storm comes, the floods are going to beat against your house. And the wind's going to blow. The winds of doctrine's going to blow against that house. But your house will stand simply because it's founded upon the rock. That rock is your revelation. And it goes deeper, the height, depth, length, and width in the knowledge of Christ, which is the knowledge of God, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of God. It's the whole word of God, not one scripture. Not basing your faith on one scripture and saying this is all there is to it. That's where we make a mistake. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things uh, is all truth. It's all knowledge uh, of the scriptures coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. It's not saying I have arrived and leading a few astray, going up and down the coast, hollering that you've got it, sitting on a soapbox and having people turn to you, speaking of yourself, seeking your own glory, there and found one proselyte. And Jesus said, when you find that one proselyte, you make him a twofold more child of the devil than what you are. We lift him up, not us. We don't talk about what we have obtained. We talk about Jesus what he is and what he has done for us and not of works of our own flesh, lest any man should boast. It's a dangerous place to when we think that we are leaders and we will get on the soapbox and debate everybody and anybody on our apologetics or the doctrine of uh, that we can, we consider to be the whole truth. When we do that, this pride, look, goes before a fall, hardness for destruction. Many ministers have made a great downfall and have been taken out by the Lord simply because of pride. The pride of thine heart has deceived thee. We are to stay broken, humble, and contrite, looking to the Lord and laying aside every weight that does so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's all him, by him, in him, and through him. It's nothing that we can boast. And especially if we're going to debate the scriptures. We don't debate. We preach. We teach. Be easily entreated for the man of God. And uh, they're answering all questions. Uh, and for the reason and the faith that we are in 
to give an account of that for those that, that want to enter into that true Jesus. That's our, that's our calling. That's our, uh, what the Lord has commissioned us to do. And we must give an account to God as watchman of the wall. Watchman, watchman, what of the night? The night cometh, and also the morning, the whole work of God. If you will return, return, come. Return to what? Return to the true God. We'll find that the Dadamal world and these ecumenical councils and different synods have missed the mark greatly. Therefore, God's judgments are in the earth. Not to destroy mankind, but to get us to return to the Lord God, the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. And that last book in your Bible is where he's going to prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that he is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, Jesus Christ, the man who is God in the days of his flesh was a man like unto us. And in his glorification went back to the Father. There is no other spirit. Jesus Christ is that spirit. Always has been, always will be God Almighty. Thus don't be presumptuous and state that we have it all. Let's look unto Jesus, staying broken, humble, and contrite, having a teachable spirit. Because as soon as we get an adamant heart, then we being often reproved, stiff in our neck, hardens our heart, we will be cut off in that without remedy. There's many things that will be a snare where if we do not continue on in the truth, that we will not be able to enter into the Lord's rest. There remaineth the rest of the people of God, Hebrews 4. And Paul warns us, take heed, lest a promise slip any of you, lest you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. There remaineth the rest of the people of God. It's an eternal Shabbat, an eternal Sabbath. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. He didn't say, I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. He said, you think that, that I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword to set a man at variance, a father against the son, mother against her daughter, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. A man's foes will be those of his own household. And the ones that are so adamant in spirit that they want to challenge everybody in the body of Christ is saying they're right and stand on their soapbox to prove their ideology, their narrative, their take on the scriptures. They're better take heed lest they fall. We, as we look to the truth in the word of God, there is only one way, one truth in one life that we have to hit that mark. So we want to correct the scriptures as probable for reproof, rebuke, and correction. And we want to be corrected. If you rebuke a wise man, he'll love you for it. You rebuke a scorner, you get yourself a blot. You get a fight. And that's a way that when a person's that way and you see that, then such turn away because the pride there will lead to a fall and great will be the fall of it. It's happened to many, many men of God that were leaders in the body of Christ, but turned for, for one reason or another 
were cleaved to with flatteries. And they said, I'm the way. As soon as the person says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, then that's where we have a problem. And the Lord will share his glory with no one. He'll take that person out of the way. He has to because he's holy. He's God. He will not share his glory with another. Jesus is that God. He's the only one that did not think robbery to be equal with God. Philippians 2, 5 and 6. Because he is God in all of his attributes. But he made himself a no reputation to become the man that would save us and then went back to his former glory as the father of glory, the spirit that he is and always has been. So now in the last days, we're coming into all truth that Paul stated. I knew a man caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell, and saw things, that's the things of faith, which was unlawful for a man to speak. Paul went on and said about these cherubim, Hebrews 9, 5, shadowing the mercy seat, of which now we cannot speak particularly. He could not particularly speak about the cherubim, which are the two olive trees in Revelation 11, that God will give power to those two olive trees, the two candlesticks. That's the church. And we find that there's many doctrines and dogmas that will overthrow us if we miss that mark. Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Then we have to hit that perfect mark. If we don't, somebody says it's not essential. Yes, it is essential. Every scripture is essential for salvation in doing the will of God. We have to prove that perfect will of God for each one of us, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. And we don't do it. Jesus said, not all say to me, Lord, Lord, will we be able to enter in. Only those that do the will of God. They will profess under Jesus. They will be like most others and say, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. And in your name, we cast out devils. And in your name, we prophesied. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. And because iniquity, iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. The pride, the heart, the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God that opposeth all that is God or that is worship. So that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Many saying, well, the red heifers are going to Jerusalem now. We're not talking about a natural, physical brick and mortar temple and Aaron. We're talking about Naos. We're talking about that when Pergamos, where Satan's seat is, where Satan dwelleth within the church. That's the reason Jesus said many will come in my name saying I'm Christ and shall deceive many. Paul warned about it. In Acts 20, 28, he said, take heed to yourselves and over all the flock, over the witch, the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. That's Holy Ghost blood, God's own blood, Jesus Christ. 
Acts 20, 28. Well, many will not do that because he said, there will arise after my departure grievous wolves not sparing the flock among you in the church. They're going after their own pernicious ways. Jude talks about it. These ungodly men foreordained to their condemnation, denying the only Lord God, turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness and unlawful affection. And how do they do it? Because that grace, they do not understand that grace reigns through righteousness, which must be obeyed, obedience under righteousness. For whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey. Whether a sin unto death, having a carnal mind, not obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost, though you have Christ in you, you don't obey it. It's carnal mindedness, not a natural mind. It's a carnal mind. Or, on the other hand, obedience under righteousness. And that obedience under righteousness leads uh, to holiness. And through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to each one of us, whereby we are made partakers of his divine nature. It's not one scripture that catapults you there. It is line upon line and precept upon precept. Here little, there little, being uh, literally to the point and tested in trials, uh, the fiery trial which is a trials as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice in as much as we're partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon us. We're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his namesake. And we missed that mark many a time, not realizing that sanctification is through the Spirit of God and that Holy Ghost and that with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will truly purge his floor. That's a Holy Ghost job. It burns up the dross. And if we do not do it, we'll reprobate silver. We have to purge out all the old works of the flesh. We have to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. We have to mortify the deeds of the flesh in order to be pleasing to God. And that is where those that suffer with him will reign with him. Not boast, not holler, I've got it. But condescending to men of low estate, performing your brother above yourself. Those that are greatest in the kingdom of God will be servant of all. Look for that broken and contrite spirit. One that knows the scriptures of God that that are easily entreated and are an ensemble to the flock. Any minister that ministers must be first partaker of the fruits. How can you lead someone into truth if you have not experienced it yourself? So, We add to our faith virtue, walking in the light as he's in the light, being truthful with God in the leading of the Holy Ghost. The virtue we add, virtue, knowledge, growing up in him in all things and all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine. Then to our knowledge, then we add to our knowledge uh, temperance. We must be self-controlled, temperate in all things. And after that, Temperance, we add to temperance, patience. Watch the growth there. 
growing up into Jesus in all truth, going from newborn babes to little children. Little children know that Jesus is the Father, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. But you don't stop there. Now you're going to go into the work of God, young men. And he said, I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Those overcomers now, we see it in Revelation 2nd and the 3rd chapter, which will be the ones uh, that go on and will be sealed as fathers. And John states that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write unto you fathers because you have known him. That's from the beginning. That's the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, Christ. Who's that? It's a mystery of God, mystery of Christ, the mystery of the Father. You see that in Colossians 2, the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There, now that hidden mystery is now revealed to us. So that after temperance, we add to that patience. After we've done the will of God, we have patience that we receive a full reward. And in your patience, in trials and tribulations these last days, in great tribulation, which we will all go through, that he said, in your patience, possess your souls. And those that understand say, well, we've already been raptured out of this. Revelation 4, 1 is a rapture. No, it's not raptures in uh, there. And told exactly in Revelation 19, of the armies in heaven coming with him. At that time, we find in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, it's immediately there after the working of Satan with all signs of deceivableness in them that perish, with all signs, miracles, and lying wonders. And still the rapture hadn't happened yet because it's our gathering together to him that will not take place until it cometh falling away first. The man of sin be revealed, and been revealed yet. So that all that can be shaken may be shaken. Hebrews 12. God has promised he will not shake the earth only, but also heaven. That hadn't happened yet. That all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made, every man-made doctrine that missed the mark will be removed. If we miss that promise, one singular promise can count us short of entering into his rest. Paul stated that in Hebrews 4. So it would behoove us to fear God. Walk softly. Hear the leading of the Holy Ghost and the voice of God in obedience, not being heady or high-minded that we're going to debate the body of Christ, but rather to ask for the leading of the Holy Ghost with a broken and contrite spirit. And then the Lord will be glorified in the, through the body of Christ. It is him and not us. He that believeth on Jesus believeth not on him, but on him that sent him, the Father of glory. And Jesus has shown us in the days of his flesh what we must do, and there remains another three and a half year, 42 months, the time, times, the dividing of time of the Jesus ministry. 
And that's the reason you'll see in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, Revelation 12, that there will be a 42-month power given to the two witnesses, a time, time and a half, three and a half year, Jesus' ministry, what we're all called for, the work of the ministry. So after we've done and received patience, and every patience we possessed our souls, then we go to godliness. That's a little G-O-D. And that is that we're all, say you to whom the word of God has come, that you are gods, judges, Elohim, full grown in the image of Jesus Christ. Then we add to the godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, we finally reach the epoch, the final growth state of charity. Charity, again, is not love. Charity is obedience. Loving God and based in doing his will in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, unto perfection. That's the reason that charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. It guarantees you there. If these things be in you, adding to you faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, these things that prevail in you, there'll be no chance or occasion of failing or falling from grace. We have to make sure that we are constantly growing up into Jesus and all truth in all things. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. And charity is full-grown fathers. Paul states that in 1 Corinthians 13 and states, when I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child. But when he came to that which was perfect, has come. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. The things of the first precepts and commandments and the doctrine of Christ, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, we are not to forget, but to leave, to go on. You see that in Hebrews 6. Therefore, leaving there, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Paul stated that. Not in the sweet by and by, now in the leading of the Holy Ghost. And not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of laying on the hands under the resurrection and of the baptism and the resurrection eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Hebrews 6 tells us that. But we can fail of the grace of God. God won't fail us, but we can fail of the grace. Therefore, it behooves us to go all the way unto charity, unto the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in all things, which worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I know that you that are in the will of God, that you know these things. There's nothing new about it. We're all growing up in him and all things and all truth. So that we're not tossed to and fro by everyone to doctrine. And that falling away before the second coming of Jesus that Paul speaks about in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, that when Paul spoke of it, he said, only he who now let our restraints will restrain till you be taken out of the way, the civil government of man, and then that wicked one will be revealed. 
And at that point, whom the Lord will consume with the brightness of his coming, the sword out of his mouth, the second coming of Jesus. And he said, the Lord will send strong delusion. God himself, that they all might be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness, but they turned the grace into lasciviousness. And it's a false grace. Grace has to be and must be obeyed under righteousness because grace reigns through righteousness, which requires obedience in Romans 6. You'll see that. And we grow up into Jesus and all things and all truth. So we're troubled on every side, Paul said, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Even through the great tribulation, there when truth will be cast to the ground, as Daniel tells us, and the Antichrist will prevail against the saints for 42 months, time, times that, three and a half years, that we are not to be troubled in our mind because there will be two wings of a great eagle given to us, the woman, where we fly into the wilderness, where we have a place prepared of God. We're not raptured out. We're prepared a place there in the wilderness, a place prepared of God, where we're nourished, from the face of the serpent, for a time, times the abiding of a time. Revelation 12. Who? Those that are the remnant of the church seed that have, uh, that keep the commandments of God. They love God, keep his commandments. But they have something that the others don't have. They have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is the faith of the saints. You'll see that in Revelation 14, 12. They are the redeemed. They keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus, which the faith of Jesus is the testimony of Jesus. Not a hearer of the word, but a doer. Not only read the words of the book of this prophecy, but keep those sayings of this book. They don't add to it. The plagues of this book will be added to them if they do. They don't take away from it. Because if they do, their names will be taken out of the holy city and blotted out of the book of life. We hit the mark directly. Leaning not to our own understanding, but the leading of the Holy Ghost in obedience under righteousness and holiness. There, someone wants to debate the word of God. Don't debate. Stand in the truth. Therefore, stand therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. They're not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. They want to fight over the word of God. Let them fight. But you stand sure in faith, steadfastness in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God will bless you. Well, we'd love to hear from you. There, give us a call. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. We need to work together. There'll be uh, contact information at the end of the podcast. And I look forward to hearing from you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.